Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Seattle, Washington, March 30th, 2003. As we wrap up the three-part series of The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania, tonight we're going to discuss that final match and Stone Cold Steve Austin's final match. And I'm really excited to bring that analysis and audio to you guys. So what the hell are we waiting for? Let's get going. It's time for your weekly fix of wrestling nostalgia. When we look at wrestling's past eras, from the Attitude Era, to the Reality Era. I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon's dead, but the fact is, it's it's going to get taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family. To today. Here on the WWE Podcast. Are you guys ready for this? Are you ready to talk Stone Cold? Are you ready to talk The Rock? I know I am. It's WrestleMania 19. We're going to Seattle, Washington. It's March 30th, the year 2003. We've got a lot to discuss today in terms of uh, that match. Uh, Obviously, this is part three in my three-part series. If you haven't already listened to my other two uh, parts, part one and part two, check them out. They're covering WrestleMania 15 and WrestleMania 17. And now WrestleMania 19 will close out this series for Wrestling Nostalgia. Uh, Next week will be a completely different topic. And I hope you guys have enjoyed Stone Cold and The Rock because I don't think it gets much bigger than that. And this is a rivalry that is, I mean, it's the rivalry to end all rivalries. Why do I have such a problem saying that word? Say that word out loud. You know, you're going to say it to yourself now. Rivalry. Say it fast. Good luck. Um, So that is what we're talking about today. We're talking about The Rock. We're talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin. We are talking about the match, the final match of the biggest star in the history of professional wrestling. It's not even an argument. And... Yeah, Stone Cold may not have burned the longest, but he burned the hottest. And he drew more money than anyone in the history of professional wrestling. He was a game changer, a needle mover. He spearheaded the WWE uh, program ahead of WCW. He was the face of WWF at the time. And I think we often forget how big Stone Cold Steve Austin was and what he meant to the World Wrestling Federation, ultimately become WWE, more wrestling entertainment. I, I think that can't ever be lost on on uh, today's t- today's uh, audience. I think we need to remember just how big it was, and the fact that this was not an advertised retirement match for Stone Cold Steve Austin made it that much harder. I think to uh, to, to watch that match and not know it was his last match. Um, as a fan, I didn't know. I mean, you didn't have back in 2003, you didn't have social media the way it was today. Um, you, you didn't have Twitter. You didn't have Facebook. Uh, it was still the Facebook, right? You still had to be part of a school to be involved in it. Facebook at that point was a, a school focused, um, a school focused, uh, social media platform. It was in its infancy. Um, this was a time that was that preceded all of those things, and you had to rely on dirt sheets uh, that circulated around the, the interwebs. And you had a couple of sites that you'd go to, but a lot of it was just clickbait. So that was something, at least in my recollection, 
I don't remember ever hearing or seeing that this could be Stone Cold's final match. Now, with that being said, I do remember hearing about reports that he was in the hospital the night before in Seattle. And that those claims were substantiated by Stone Cold himself in uh, subsequent interviews that he did with uh, Bite This and, and other um, other videos that were produced by WWE. So obviously we have come to learn that that was indeed the case and the main event of WrestleMania was actually in jeopardy. And uh, we had Austin talk about that night, the night before, and uh, and so unbelievably this match almost never even happened. So uh, we're going to get into the build of this match. We're going to get into the promo and, and then, of course, the match itself. In one of my favorite nights of the week, that's your Wrestling Nostalgia Night. And uh, I'm super excited to get this going. And uh, first, though, I want to kind of uh, set the table, if you will, and let you guys know that you can find me anywhere that podcasts are available. And it really helps out the show as we creep closer to that top 10 list of wrestling podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Boy, we are scratching at the surface of it, kind of flirting with number 11, number 12. And yeah, numbers don't mean everything, but to say that you're in the top 10 wrestling podcasts and in Apple in Apple is pretty damn cool. Um, so thank you guys for doing that. I'm also um, going to be doing a lot more with my Facebook page. If you haven't already ventured over there, I may be starting to do some uh, live video on there or Q&A or something like that. And I may even dedicate an entire show to answering your guys' questions. That is something I'm toying with. Um, not that I can produce an eighth show for the week, um, as we're already at seven, but I may do it as a part of a show that already exists, whether I attach it to the Monday Night Raw or whether I attach it to uh, the Wrestling Nostalgia Show. Um, I would like to give you guys a dedicated segment, maybe not an entire show, for answering your questions. And, and not even, they don't have to be questions. They can just be theories or your thoughts on the current product or what you see coming. And obviously um, there's a lot coming with WrestleMania season. I didn't even bring up Bill Goldberg, who's coming to SmackDown this Friday and what that could mean. Obviously a WrestleMania setup, but with who? Um, and honestly, does anyone really care at this point that Bill Goldberg's, Bill Goldberg's coming back? I, I mean, it's sad. I, I personally, I don't. Um, he's a big name that was in the right place at the right time. He's got intensity and that's kind of where it ends. A great father, great man, you know, built like a machine, but I never connected with the Goldberg character. It's very one-dimensional. So for him to be announced for SmackDown, I mean, I'm intrigued from a nostalgic standpoint, but not an emotional connection, uh, not an emotional one. It's just kind of there, and I'll watch. Um, so just for what it's worth, I wanted to give my thoughts on that. I can't believe I missed that on my re a Raw review show. But nonetheless, um, guys, thank you for again, once again, for joining me. And you can... Check me out on Patreon if you'd like to get some video there that's not available anywhere else. And you can also get everything ad-free. If you don't like ads, that's your place. Patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. And also hit me up on the Twitter. Uh, hit me up on the Twitter at uh, WWE, the WWE Podcast. I'm uh, available there for your your bereavement or your uh, venting or whatever it may be. Maybe partially therapist. Uh, whatever you guys need, I'll be on that uh, on the on the Twitter as uh, the you know the uh, baby boomer generation likes to say. Everything is the right uh, anyway. So um, guys, if you like this show, please again rate and review me. But also send questions to me. As I said, I'm really going to make an effort to give you guys a segment on one of my shows. 
um, dedicated to the listeners. Give me your questions. Give me your thoughts. What is your what are your perspectives on things? If you want to tweet me, do so. You can DM me or email me at realwwepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, just put in podcast question, podcast comment. I don't, I mean, label it however you want, but um, I'll be reading these on the air. And I'd like to give you guys an opportunity of, and a voice for uh, coming on and, um, and in, in spirit anyway. And being able to answer your questions on air. So uh, tweet me or email me at realwwepodcast at gmail.com. All right, we're going to take a quick break and uh, give some love to the sponsors of the show as they help keep the lights on here. And then we're going to be right back with some audio. I've got them audio all ready to go. I just have to hit play on the promo to this match. I'll give you guys a little bit of a background and then we're going to jump right into the match. So stay right here. We're going to give a little love to the sponsors and be right back. Spam pod. Welcome back to the WWE podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. All right, guys, let's uh, let's jump back into it. So how did this match come about? Right. How did this whole thing happen? Well, if you remember, Stone Cold just came back from his taking the ball and going home and having his eight month hiatus and the walkout and the whole issue with Brock Lesnar and WWE and Vince wanted him to do business with Brock with no build. And that whole thing happened in Atlanta, Georgia, where Austin booked his flight. We all know the story. So after Austin comes back, beats the holy hell out of Bischoff at no way out in the bell center in Montreal, we get all uh, the rock coming out. And, uh, shortly after and saying, the Rock's done it all in this business. He's done it all except whoop that bald candy ass at WrestleMania. Um, and The Rock and Austin, part three was born. And I remember the promos going into this of saying, The Rock saying, oh, no one remembers act one and act two. The only thing everyone remembers uh, is, 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 is the finale, act three. And uh, Austin, with The Rock one foot in Hollywood and one foot in WWE, um, easily was the villain here because the fans felt betrayed by the rock and having him come back to a largely negative reception was a shoe in for the rock being heel and Austin being the babyface, which to me is always the best matchup anyway. And so, uh, Austin who came back again, he had a match with Bischoff comes out and, uh, well, we, we get part three, we get Austin, we get rock. And let's just listen to the promo. And I know you guys can't see it. I would highly recommend that you YouTube it. Um, but let's just take a listen, and hopefully you can visualize what's happening here. You whip one on one with a great one. I whip your ass not once. Twice. The one thing that the Rock has not done is whoop that ball candy ass at Soul of a rock. He has never beaten Stone Cold at a WrestleMania. Oh, 
So that was the the promo. I know you didn't obviously get to see it, but uh, gotta love the good old uh, you know early two thousands rock music. I think that might have been Limp Biscuit again. Um, but while the build wasn't as good to this one, and it didn't feel as organic, and they weren't on the trajectory that they had been at WrestleMania seventeen. It's Rock Austin. So even if it's a forced match and there's not a whole lot of uh, backstory to it other than which you heard there of The Rock just being, a, just as, as Jim Ross eloquently put it, a cancer in The Rock's soul that he has never beaten Stone Cold Steve Austin at a WrestleMania. That was really the premise for this whole match. That was really the catalyst. That's really the foundation that this whole third rivalry and third uh, program with these three, these two lived on and was built upon was the premise that The Rock had not beaten Stone Cold Steve Austin at a WrestleMania. So, uh, I mean, good enough for me. Again, the storyline wasn't blow away. But does it really need to be with Rock Austin, right? Um, it certainly doesn't hurt. But with The Rock and Austin together, they're so damn good that a storyline needing to be good is almost irrelevant, which is insane, right? Um, but... Certainly 17, if you're looking from a storyline perspective of having these two meet, making have it make sense and have the, their their careers on parallel paths. And it just felt bigger at 17. 19 certainly felt big in the perspective of they haven't been at, met at WrestleMania in two years. And you have the two biggest stars in professional wrestling history going one on one. I mean, what more do you need? You, you don't need a genius storyline to bring these two together, which is insane that you don't need to bring together a key element of what makes pro wrestling work with these two because that's how big of stars they are and the history that they have kind of speaks for itself and builds its own story so the 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 foundation again of this whole thing was very one-dimensional of the rock needing to beat austin and austin just needing to to clean sweep the rock three and oh at wrestlemania i mean that's ultimately what this whole thing was built on um, and I mean, so it's crazy, right? When you, when I say that and in saying that out loud, I don't ever, ever, if I've ever said that out loud before, uh, as far as just what this match was really built on, I'm all about stories. I'm big on stories. Just like most of us are. If you watch pro wrestling, you are big on stories because you love stories being told in the right way. So, uh, in, in this case, didn't need to be. Okay, I think I've harped on that enough. So we get to WrestleMania 19, and again, the night before, Austin had uh, severe health issues where he was hospitalized. Um, he apparently had been drinking too much coffee, a combination of coffee, lack of sleep, stress, and uh, energy drinks put Stone Cold in the hospital with his heart pumping out of his chest, thinking he was having a heart attack and he was going to die in Seattle. Um, they calmed his heart down. They um, flushed the the energy drinks and coffee and caffeine out of his system. They got his heart rate down to normal and rehydrated him the best they could prior to the match at WrestleMania the following night. Uh, so pretty close to this match never happening. It's just crazy to think about this match never happening. Um, so that is something that was uh, later discovered. And of course, Austin still hung around Monday Night Raw, being in various uh, various iterations of a general manager, and he was a co-general manager, and then he was eventually the sheriff, and uh, he was it was entertaining, and I loved having Austin still there on a on a weekly basis, even if he was just there in, a, in an authority role, um, and to just basically stun people, uh, which honestly does it ever get old, right? 
Never, never, never does it ever get old with uh, Stone Cold just laying somebody out with a Stone Cold stunner. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just science. Okay, let's get to the match. Let's, uh, let's just take a quick listen. I'm not going to go through, you know, ten minutes of introductions, but I do want you to just kind of feel the match out. I want to just lay the the groundwork and get you guys in with me here as if you're watching this with me and I'll, I'll just kind of play some clips and uh, we'll, we'll go along and I'll give you guys my thoughts in real time and what I thought back in 2003, which my God, I was, what the hell, how old was I? 18. I had just graduated high school or no, no, I'm sorry. I was going to be graduating high school in just a few months. And um, uh, so boy, a senior in high school when this match took place. Uh, and so I'll, I'll give you more thoughts on that later as far as uh, reactions and people I was with. And uh, well, anyway, you guys don't care about my personal life, but I'm probably going to share it anyway. All right, here we go. And so there we go with the Rock's entrance. And it was a little bit long there, but I wanted you guys to remember that insanely long introduction to his music when he went heel and he was Hollywood rock, basically. He went Hollywood rock as, as um, Hogan went Hollywood Hogan in, in some way. Uh, and so that is, uh, th- th- I remember that entrance music very well. And when you look at the Rock's body, um, he leaned out here. And from what we understand now, when he first got into Hollywood, many people told him, oh, you're not going to be able to keep that muscular physique. You're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to slim down if you're going to make it here in Hollywood. And I think he took that to heart. And um, he wasn't in crazy shape. He's in better shape now than he was back in 2003, which was 17 years ago, which is just crazy. I mean, we go from WrestleMania 19, we're WrestleMania 36 this year. God, time flies. So um, that was uh, that was the Rock's entrance, and well, 
here comes the the greatest of all time. National Championship football. So uh, that would be the entrances from these two. And uh, the other thing I'd like to note, and obviously you guys are listening and you're not seeing this, but um, if you look at Austin's vest and he has the letters embroidered on there, OMR, of course, we would later learn that that meant one more run. And he had that made right before this match because he knew this was his final match. Jim Ross knew it was his final match, and he also came out and said later that the 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 issue or the the tough part was that he couldn't say anything uh, because Austin didn't want it known that this was his final match. Um, you know, look from a business perspective, you would want this publicized, right? If you're Vince McMahon, wouldn't you want to let or wouldn't you want to let your audience know that? your biggest star in the history of the the company is retiring in order to just maximize the eyeballs on your product for that short period of time. I mean, so I don't know the intricacies of it. Obviously it's a different ball game today, six, 17 years later uh, in terms of them with their huge global expansion, the WWE network, all that, all that. But that's why I've always been a proponent of undertaker announcing when he's going to retire in order to squeeze the last bit of juice out of his uh, out of his run and really WWE to maximize what they have left of Undertaker because if you promote it as his last match you're going to get more of a a buzz especially in today's world of social media it's it's going to catch fire instantly that this is officially Undertaker's last match and I don't again I'm I'm not speculating as to when that is I've kind of given up on when Undertaker is going to retire maybe maybe he's never going to retire I don't know uh, but again uh, this was Austin's last match. I didn't know it. Maybe you guys did. I didn't. And I, again, I remember sitting there as an 18-year-old kid um, with my wrestling friends that I had in high school, which, again, it was weird. I had like I had friends that I was uh, really close with that didn't like wrestling. And then I had my wrestling friends that when I did watch wrestling, that's what we did. 
right? So uh, I guess it was a little bit more shallow because I only hung out with them when we did wrestling. And we actually had our own, you know, wrestling, uh, you know, uh, federation, if you will. I mean, it's just we loved wrestling so much that we had our own little thing and we'd make videos and Maybe I'll tell you guys how to access those videos someday, but I don't know if I have the guts to do it. It's just, it's just crazy now to think about we did that. Uh, fun as hell, you know. And I don't, I don't regret a thing. I mean, I think that was some of the f- best times of my life. Were those times where, my God, I was eighteen, nineteen, all the way up to twenty years old, just you know, jerking around and 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 had a part time job and uh, you know doing these this wrestling thing on the side and making videos and editing videos and uh, hanging out with my girlfriend, drinking on the weekend. I mean, basically, my job was for entertainment, right? I didn't didn't have a whole lot of uh, of expenses to pay for when I was in my late teens and early 20s until, obviously, I went off to college. But that's another story for another day. Um, So, anyway, back to this match. Um, I I remember sitting there, and, you know, I I was the only Stone Cold fan out of the, oh, it was like four of us there. And they all wanted The Rock to win. And I still wanted Austin to do a clean sweep. I, I still was on the side of Stone Cold here. And, uh, well, let's listen as the match goes on. And we have the best commentary team in the history of pro wrestling calling it. The bodies of both these men. A hard right hand by Austin. Another right hand. Austin connects with the right. That's three in a row for the rattlesnake. Oh, look out. No reverse. Oh, oh, and the Lutez press. Oh, no. God bless Lutez. And the right hands by Austin. Oh, they're being blocked. So Austin hits his uh, Luthez press and, uh, you know, looking back, you can hear it in Jim Ross's voice that he knew it was Austin's last match. I mean, listen to the introduction he gave him, right? Giving it basically a history of, of Austin and how he grew up and wanted to do this and the way he's calling this match with such intensity and focus, even more than normal. Certainly now with hindsight, we can all hear it, but uh, let's, let's continue on to a little bit more of this match. So we we get them using their own finishers on one another, um, and the pacing of this match was still great. I mean, yeah, it wasn't as good as 17, but uh, they certainly still had the psychology here. Uh, Austin uh, and, and, and The Rock, I mean, like, what more can you say? I mean, like these two just were meant to be together in, in the ring, and uh, clearly and easily Austin's best opponent outside of Vince McMahon anyway. Um, while Vince wasn't the most athletically gifted, 
I think that their dynamic still drew a little more money than The Rock Austin, but in terms of match quality, The Rock and Austin is just, I mean, you're talking top of the top. So let's continue on. I know you guys want to get more audio. I do too. So let's keep going. That intensity. Just like snake eyes. Inside that body, beats a heart of an animal. A wrestling animal. Watch it, Rocky, right behind you. And the great one, the great third generation Take it off, star. Bro. Take it off. Is up. So Austin gets his own stunner delivered to him. And, of course, one other thing on this, too, is you have Earl Hebner, the best referee in the history of wrestling, with the best count in the history of wrestling, also officiating this. So, man, you had an all-star team from the announcers to the referee and, obviously, the performers in the ring. So uh, this was just something all the way around that was friggin' brilliant. So, um, well, let's let's start to close in on the end of this match. And as I was watching it earlier, it, it was it's st- striking. It's striking the difference in pacing of this match to today's pacing of a normal match. Many people, if you took this match and uh, obviously you took Austin and Rock out of it and just plugged Wrestler A and Wrestler B, you would say, oh, my God, this match is dragging. You know, where are the spots? And it's it doesn't need spots. It needs emotion. It needs feeling. It needs pacing. It needs story. It needs chemistry. That's what wrestling is. Not spots, which is unfortunate. You guys, I've said this, but it's just, this is another example of how wrestling can be awesome and how it was awesome and how the formula still works without having spots have to be the focus of the match to call it awesome. So uh, let's continue, guys. As I said, we're we're closing in towards the end of this match, but um, let's get back to it. So there we got The Rock selling the stunner like he's been shot. Um, from this point, The Rock then gives Austin a low blow. Um, and then, uh, well, then we get into the ending sequence of this match with uh, The Rock delivering the people's elbow, all while wearing Austin's vest. I mean, uh, The Rock wore this uh, Austin's vest for the vast majority of this match up until he delivered the uh, the people's elbow. Um, and obviously Austin kicks out of the people's elbow and then, um, well, we get to the ending of this match, which made me very sad, but take a listen. Austin here. Turn around now, Rattlesnake. Austin, trying to pull himself out. Austin's 
So he, he, he hit the rock bottom. Austin kicked out kind of as expected. And then from here, well, let's uh, let's take a listen. So I remember this moment very well. I mean, I, I, I and you got to remember too, not just the pacing of a match that was different. Finishers also meant something back then. While they were starting to phase out of actually being finishers, and, and through the years they've been watered down. This was still an era in which finishers did exactly that. They finished a match, and when you have. Uh, stunners and rock bottoms that were money finishers that ended more matches than we can count having them kicked out of was a big deal and then having them kicked out of twice unheard of and this is these are the kinds of things that are reserved and should be reserved for wrestlemania only and unfortunately in today's age we see it far too often that finishers are kicked out of not just on a weekly basis but multiple finishers are kicked out of on a weekly basis uh, so you're just conditioned to to believe that finishers don't do what they say that they're supposed to do by name. Finish a match. Um, so when Austin kicked out of the second rock bottom here, I remember going, oh, my God, Austin's going to win it. Right. Because rock hit a people's elbow kick out. He also hit a stunner on Austin kick out. He hit one rock bottom kick out. Two rock bottoms, kick out. And at this point, you're thinking, okay, Austin's going to mount some kind of uh, offense here, and he's going to hit a stunner, and he's going to win the match. And, uh, well, um, I, I, I think that the Rockwell had other things in mind, and uh, let's take a listen. With his heart racing, with his guts and knots. You better stay Austin down on trying to get up. Stay down on the mat, Austin. You'll have a shorter distance to fall after you get this rock bottom. Austin's up somehow, some way. And the rock, is he gonna do it? Not the third time. The third time the charm. Big one! Thank you. 
everything they had here tonight, but it was three rock bottoms and 54,000 plus. And our fans around the world have seen the rock beat Austin for the first time at WrestleMania. So there we go. The Rock finally beats Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. And uh, we all know, too. um, Well, again, I shouldn't say we all know because maybe you don't. Right. When The Rock hit the third rock bottom and we see in here one, two, three, uh, The Rock sat up and and talked to Austin. And um, I guess that part of the conversation was, you know, Telling the tell Austin, the Rock telling Austin that you know you don't know how much this means to me. This is you know thank you so much and uh, basically showing his respects to not just being the guy to, uh, to to not just saying thank you for doing the favors at WrestleMania, but also knowing that this is Austin's last match, um, allowing the Rock to be the guy to do that. And it's very old school to if you're leaving a territory or retiring to lose on your way out. That's very customary and and it's the way it should be. Because you're giving back to the business for the guys that are still going to be there. You want to put over the guys that are still there. Why would you want to put yourself over on the way out and bury the guys that are still there uh, after you leave? It just makes sense from a respect and a common sense standpoint. So having The Rock here sit up and uh, deliver his message to Stone Cold was was heartfelt. And you could see something going on as The Rock immediately sat up. And uh, started just chatting away with Austin for maybe about a minute or so, pushing Earl Hebner out of the way and uh, just delivering what he, you know, the things he wanted to say to Stone Cold as he laid on his back looking up at the lights um, after he was defeated by The Rock. One, two, three. And I still, I'm still an Austin fan. I'm still pulling for Austin in that match. I still would have loved to see him go three and oh, but I understand why he didn't. It was Austin's final match. You give back, and it was uh, something that maybe The Rock did need to finally beat Stone Cold at WrestleMania. So uh, a good match, a nice, easy-to-follow match. That's what's great. I didn't have to you know, be told how to, you know, how to make the watch, just tell me what time it is type thing. It was a very nice paced, nicely paced match. Again, was it as good as 17? No. It was not, and I don't expect it to be, just as we didn't expect the WrestleMania 26 follow-up to uh, Undertaker HBK to be as good as it was at 25. 26 was not as nearly as good as 20, uh, 26 was not nearly as good as 25 was. It's hard to recreate the magic. Um, it's almost near, it's damn near impossible because magic shows up when it wants to show up. It doesn't show up when you tell it to show up. So, when you have two stars like this, it's always magical, but that extra oomph doesn't always happen, even in the best scenarios. So, again, um, if you haven't seen this match, I i mean, what are you doing, number one? Number two, I would really educate yourself on, or, or really, if you're going to start, start at the beginning of the rivalry. Start at 15, work to six, or to work to 17, and then work to 19. Um, and if you want to listen to my shows and my thoughts on that, you can also... Just look at my past wrestling nostalgia shows. Um, all of those, those past three now are covering Rock Austin. So let me know what you guys think. Do you enjoy 19? Do you remember uh, you remember that match in Seattle, Washington? Uh, I know I did. Uh, boy, now I remember it. And I remember 
I specifically remember when The Rock went to hit his second rock bottom and Austin elbowed him and and, uh, spun right back into a second rock bottom. That's when I said, oh, crap, because it would have been shades of 15 had Austin, you know, started elbowing The Rock in the head. Uh, The Rock gets stunned, turns around, and then Austin hits the Stone Cold Stunner for the win. I mean, that's where I thought they were headed. Instead, though, Austin spun himself around into a rock bottom. Uh, and I said, oh, boy. Right. Uh, it was it was a great finish. Uh, three rock bottoms are uh, certainly worthy of that's how much it would take to beat Austin at WrestleMania. And, and on top of a grueling match and a stunner delivered to him and a people's elbow delivered to him. Um, when you look at all those stacked up, it certainly made sense for that's how much it would take to beat Austin at WrestleMania. And I would like things to go back to that in terms of respecting finishers. Uh, finishers are not respected today. They're not. And we've been conditioned not to respect them because it's it's a lazy way to get people to pop is kicking out of finishers. I think it would benefit pro wrestling in general to go back to respecting finishers as finishers and on occasion, on big moments, in big moments, you have an opponent kick out of a finisher because it adds it can add so much drama and excitement to a match. But when it's expected, doesn't have the same effect. Not even close. So, well, guys, I really hope you enjoyed today's show. I mean, I, I love going back in time. In this, in this case, it was 17 effing years ago. Uh, I mean, what were you doing 17 years ago? Were you even alive? <laughs> were you in high school? Were you in college? Were you in elementary school, middle school? What were you doing? Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to hear where you were, what you were doing when this match took place. Maybe you watched it live. You know, who knows? Uh, I mean, I, I, I did. I remember watching it live, chipping in, you know, my 20 bucks to the $70 tag that WrestleMania had at the time. And we went over there and um, threw in some money for the pay-per-view. And uh, watched it as uh, The Rock beat Stone Cold to my dismay. And uh, again, I just, I can't say enough about this rivalry. Um, It's been a pleasure to cover it. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. It's uh, always a blast to to go back in time and to look at the vault of wrestling, of quote, wrestling's golden age um, back in the Attitude Era. And uh, it's it's always good. And if you guys have suggestions for me, by the way, of what you'd like me to talk about in my wrestling nostalgia segments, you can also email me at real WWE podcast at gmail.com, of course, or just tweet at me at the WWE podcast. I'm open to suggestions for next week. I have some ideas. I don't know if they'll pan out and I don't want to tell you what they are in case I don't deliver. So if you have something you really want me to cover in my wrestling nostalgia, please hit me up. And also general questions you want me to answer about today's product, about where a story could going, or just your comments on a storyline in WWE, uh, more than welcome, because I'm going to start doing a segment just for you guys answering questions and getting your comments on the air so that I can give you guys a voice and give you answers and my opinions if you are asking for them. So I think it's going to be a, a fun thing to do. So definitely email me or tweet at me. So, all right, well, guys... I, I really I think this is where we we part ways until next time. But don't worry. Have no fear. NXT AEW coming at you the next two days with their review shows with Chris and with Zach. And then uh, this weekend, I'll be joining a co-host probably Sunday for a wrestling week in review. WWE week in review. Looking back at SmackDown Raw as we get closer to the Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia. 
And I know some of you don't give a damn about the Saudi Arabia show or protest it or it's blood money or I don't know, whatever it may be. And that's cool. I'm going to still be watching and I'm still going to be um, interested to see how that is used as a stepping stone to WrestleMania because it's WrestleMania season. Now we're not fooling around. Um, you know, I've come to terms with how awful, uh, and evil. Some of the, the people are in Saudi Arabia, not everybody, of course, but some of the shady stuff, some people have done. I am totally aware of that, but I'm here for WWE. I'm not here for the country of Saudi Arabia. You know, I respect the country, uh, in certain ways, uh, but certainly they have not had a great history of, you know, treating women the way that they probably should be treated and what they did to the journalist and all that kind of stuff doesn't really rub me the right way. So I'm here for WWE. I'm not here for anything else. So I'll be watching it. And if you guys want to protest it, cool. Um, but you can head here as your, uh, your headquarters for the super showdown preview prediction and review show. So, uh, definitely stay tuned here. Hit that like and subscribe. If you like this podcast, give it a five-star rating and, uh, just write a quick review. I, I promise you guys don't even know how much that helps out the show. So, um, with all that said, guys, don't forget, three more shows coming to you this week, AEW, NXT, and your weekend review all coming at you in the next few days. Until then, guys, talk to you next time.